Hey everyone, it's the good bad gang here. Uh, yeah, it's a different voice opening up the show today. It's your voice source, and with me today we have. So LD is a little bit down today in the Lagos Wahala. So LD, what happened? I'm not down. I'm irritated. My car. I drove my car into a ditch, and yeah, so it was a ditch and it was flooded. So that was double trouble because I couldn't even. I didn't even know where the ditch was, and then the bumper, the bumper at the back and the bumper at the front came off. So there's this construction building beside me, and you know some of the guys heard me struggling to get my car out they could probably hear me like revving my engine or something so they all came out like two of them came they tried to help me push it but then it wasn't working so like more people had to come and it was just dramatic because then i was causing traffic because the the road is pretty small and everyone's trying to avoid like the flooded areas i was causing traffic some people were honking and screaming at me some people were being all, oh sorry don't worry you get out of it so at the end of the day, I had like 10 guys surrounding my car. Do you know how scary that is? Because like I had my bag and everything just there. So when they finally helped my helped me get my car out, one of the guys went, so anything for the, for the boys. And I didn't have cash on me. So not just good Samaritan, thank you, then you're on your way. I mean, like I've had good Samaritans help me out in Lagos but i guess this was i mean i can't understand there was a flood these guys had to get themselves wet they were knee deep in water trying to help me get my car out i think they could have just left me there i guess so even if they didn't ask me it would have been a nice thing to do and i didn't have cash on me i mean all i had was 200 naira and there was no way like 10 guys were going to collect 200 naira so stupid thing number two i'm like well i don't have money but someone will have to follow me to an atm and I got in, so someone's like, yeah, yeah, I'll go along with you. So, so they, so at that point, they didn't even say, ah, madam, no worry, that just they, just they go. They actually said, get in, I'll get into your car, follow you to go, so you can go to an ATM. Yeah, so someone came along with me, and then we're at a new market, and because the market is packed, there was traffic, and obviously everyone around the market is trying to get money out or do some sort of transaction at the bank. So the first bank we went to, the ATM wasn't working, and then we got to another bank there was no parking it was just very dramatic and of course i had to leave the guy in my car because i wasn't even telling him to come down and stand behind me at the atm i mean i wasn't even sure which was worse the guy was in my car my bag was in my car and in my head i'm just thinking if anything happens you know screw it whatever but it wouldn't have been better for the guy to have followed you to the atm just hang around the atm i think that's what i'll have done like two of us get out the car you lock your car and you both of you go to the ATM. I mean, like, at the end of the day, I ended up finding out that the guy was from my state and that he was from my... Well, he's not from my village, but we're from the same tribe. So I guess it all worked out. Because like, the guy started speaking my language to me and I'm like, Psh, I don't know what you're saying. Like, I don't speak... I don't speak my native language. I understand Yoruba, but my native language is Yagwa. So, you know, I guess it was stupid, but at the end of the day, like, it all worked out. But I mean, I feel like I'm, I've always been lucky in Lagos. I've never had like any incidents or any situations. Like I've always mostly met like people willing to help me. I was saying the other day how um, I was stuck in traffic and the fall of my car was about to finish. And I was on the bridge and I was just like, you know what, my car is going to stop here. And then I saw a hawker and I asked the hawker for the nearest filling station. And the hawker was like, it's like 10 minutes away or something like that. 
So I'm like, shoot. And the hooker is like, he looks at my phone and he's like, don't worry, you'll get there. Just believe in God, you know, that kind of thing. And the hooker goes. But I think the incredible thing was the hawker came back and he goes, do you have a jerry can in your car? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to buy four for you. So I gave him cash and he drops his stuff in my boots and he goes off to look for four for me. And I thought that was kind of cool because, I mean, I had no way of knowing that he was going to come back. But then this guy comes back, he looks for a bottle and he helps me put the four in my car takes his stuff i mean he didn't ask me for money but you know like i said you do nice stuff for people then i guess you should be paid so i gave him some money so I, I think i've just always been lucky with people in lagos like i take ridiculous risks but thankfully nothing has ever like really happened or n nothing bad let me put it that way has yeah happened. but uh, i'm not sure that means take further risk right because you've gotten lucky i'll say like it's kind of interesting. I guess the Good Samaritan is not, it's a, it's a caveat in Nigeria, right? So when somebody helps you, they're expecting a favor. So, so even like this, like this week, even I felt under that kind of pressure, I went to get like a capture for my driver's license. So you go to most government offices, it's like disorganized and stuff. So I had to go through like five different boxes to find out my, to find my form, which I was going to use, which they have to use for me to go ahead and get the um, biometrics uh, done so after going through like five um, different boxes and stuff the woman was like you know what let me go and check madam office for you because i think i've spent almost like over an hour there now just looking for my file so she went into madam office but another stack of um, files and eventually found mine right so I was like thank you and everything and then she went the extra mile unfortunately for her i had no change on me or money on me and I wasn't even about to say follow me to the ATM whatever it is but I felt the urge and I, I thought even though she didn't ask I could feel her saying okay oh god I went the extra mile for you where is where is my something for me so I think in it's almost like I guess it's getting to a culture where it's no more like thank you and you go when somebody does a favor for you we almost have to like dig your hand to your pocket and if not I guess the person feels slighted all that um, your reward in heaven, it, I, I guess, doesn't uh, hold um hold, Well, I guess you can't blame anymore. them. Nigeria is increasingly a difficult place to live in. People are struggling. People are suffering. Some people can't even afford to eat three square meals in a day. So, of course, I'm, not, I'm sure these people are, like, good people, you know, obviously. But if they can make a bit of money on the side from helping someone out. I mean, like, I, I don't see the big deal. Someone does something really good for me. I'm going to give you money, like... To be honest, it's because I knew I was probably gonna find an ATM on the way. That's why I said so much for me. Found I was being like, you know what? I don't have money, but I was really touched that they all came out to help me. I mean, it might have been because I was a woman, but I wouldn't have gone out in a flooded area to help anyone. Let's be real. Like I'm just keeping it real. Even I, I mean, I can't imagine like. The, the place was flooded this man and the thing is when i was revving my engine to reverse they were getting splashed with water so it would have been very inhumane of me i think not to even have offered them something in return even if it was to buy food but like i said the country is difficult and everyone is looking for a way like everyone wants to make money everyone even if it's like 500 naira extra even if it's like 1k extra even if it's 1 million extra everyone is trying to make money and that's why you see people like 
singing and making music that has you know something to do with how i want to blow how i have to make money i, I yeah, mean like but you know, but, but come like yours now like want to make money everybody wants to make money right but some of we're talking about now is like uh, you're helping somebody out you know because I've, I've been in a situation where i got you know how you get in the beach road and if you're not driving like a four-wheeler right then you get stuck in the sand so I, essentially these guys were actually sitting on the side and they watch vehicles get stuck in the sand and they come out they bring their board and everything and they get you out of there explicitly even before they actually get you out they say ah you will give us something though you must give us something though so when you say yes i'll give something before they get you out so how much yours is a little bit different but how much are you really being helped while you're helping out where essentially you're just like would you call it being an opportunist yeah, so I don't know how well, good maybe, nature maybe, maybe it's it been is of But the thing is, in Niger- like I said earlier, in Nigeria, you know, every means necessary to make money. I mean, look at Nice thinking about living. He wants to be living large and whatever, you know. And then he's calling people like Hush Puppy. He's calling all these people. We don't know how these people made their money. But the, the truth is, people celebrate these people because they have money in the bank. Even if they are doing Yahoo or they are ritualists or selling drugs you know nigeria has unfortunately nigerians have unfortunately gotten to that level where nobody even cares anymore we're we're just we're just hungry and i guess it it's why sometimes if you hear like a celebrity praising people that are making money from like ways that we're not very sure of i think it's kind of true when people say it influences younger people to also go ahead and make money that way but it's probably why files was talking about um nice's song this week when he said that we should stop praising corrupt people in music because truth be told people are influenced by music that's that's just the way it goes so you can imagine that guy that's helping you at the on the beach road he's probably listening to all these davido shouting 30 billion in my account and he's thinking god somebody in this same nigeria you know that kind of thing and they have nice with his living things so you know funny enough now that i think about it now that i think about it that young scenario or whatever is actually the um was the guy that's with simi Files are they gold? Are they gold? You know, that's the song with the video where the guy leaves the money in the back of the car. Uh-huh. So, so, so uh, actually, that remember. kind of scenario where that uh, that people that you I know, I can't remember the song. What, what was the name of the song? I don't again? remember, but essentially, the guy gives the briefcase to him, right? To take the money, Baba away. God, pick up the call. exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly, everybody is right. hungry, everybody is you know, hustling. But, yeah, but based on the whole files, you know, saying that. And essentially, nice. I guess nice was like, if um, files can prove any of the guys are Yahoo people, you should go report them to EFCC. But to me, I don't know. I think a little bit differently. I don't see musicians to become role models. I have to. Everybody's not going to be preaching values in their music. Um, just like tales of oldest time, hip hop music. Everybody's you know going um, Molly Percocets, you know. And all that stuff. So I'm I'm not I'm not sure. The first time I heard Living Things and I heard Hush Puppy's name, I remember I was beside my brother and I said, Why is Nice talking about Hush Puppy? Like what is so great about Hush Puppy that he's putting Hush Puppy in his song? The truth is, yeah, musicians, actresses, actors shouldn't be our role models. But the truth is there are people who are looking up to them. I mean I know Rihanna says all the time, like 
when people are slamming her for being naked everywhere my little girls look up to you she's like i'm not their role model you should be their role model but that's the reality of life yes it's a tale as old as time but people look up to these people i mean you see people who want to be like jigger you see people who want to be like nas everyone knows they were pushing drugs at some point in time but it doesn't mean that you know you, you just it's just the way life it's no, a mu- vicious cycle m- music is art art depicts what's going on in society if the society now what's i think a big chunk of it is um yahoo hush puppy all these guys that are actually big on the scene and that's the world he lives in where where does he expect his music to be played in places like quillocks where where this kind of guys will be popping bottles and doing bottle competition you have six bottles no bring me eight bottles so if this is the place where his music is going to be living and that's the world he's living in and he's depicting a certain world then there's nothing wrong with it it's art um, people don't watch um, the godfather and everybody essentially becomes a mafia because you're be watching you're watching surprised. watching the godfather it's a movie you're depicting you're, you're depicting a certain time a certain event a certain place you know a certain culture so I'm I'm not exactly sure Faust should be preaching. What 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 does Faust this his song now? Love me, JJ or whatever it is. What value is that one adding to to anything? So what value is nice adding with his song? That's my point. So so no, no I need for like Faust to be any like judgment the only there. Reason why the internet exploded and I saw it somewhere is because of Faust's background. Someone said that Faust had no rights. And that's because people see Faust as the rich kid whose father is a son and so he doesn't know where people are coming from or he, he doesn't understand the streets or whatnot. But just because somebody has like a different background and didn't hustle. I mean he hustled obviously to some extent. You got that and his dad wasn't even um accepting I don't even know what the word is. His dad wasn't very pleased about his music path so you can't say that oh maybe he got sponsored by his dad or one i remember i saw it somewhere and someone someone said it's not like he doesn't have the right why if that's what he feels he's saying what he feels everyone's I, entitled to i'm no point for him saying how he feels and there's va- and there's value to his own perspective so he didn't grow up the way nice grew up so that's fine and his music reflects that i, listen, I love father i love what he listens to i like the way he creates story so that's his own art form that's based on his experiences that's based on how he grew up fine make your own music nice ones to do this other stuff and be the trap ninja guy be the future whatever of ninja he's fine his artwork if you don't like his music don't listen to it let him do his own lane everybody has their own pockets and capture you have the gospel singers let them sing the gospel song if nice is i don't know what we call an afro trap whatever you want to call that music let they call that music all the people that um was it Oliver the Cook used to heal at the end of the days? But some of them know first that so this is not something that originated with nice or this is not what leads to the um, decadence or what is killing Nigerian society. I don't think so. I'm not saying that everyone shouldn't sing what they want to sing. I'm just saying that people try to downplay the role of music in society. If music was that um was it called you don't have the East Coast and the West Coast people beefing each other killing each other i mean people are beefing each other you have people in the streets also taking up the fight that's because music is that serious to them i mean if nice declares a war now against fouls i can guarantee you that some little street kid is also going to pick up a gun and you know be like yeah i'm backing nice east coast versus west i'm just trying to say that we try to downplay how music actually influences people yes everyone should 
stay in their lane sing about whatever you want to sing about but let's not act like people aren't influenced by music i feel like that's that's just you know i, I feel like we're selling things short if we go that route that's all. obviously people are influenced by music i'm not saying people are not influenced by music but then again um, I don't think any artist should be constrained to be a role model or be constrained about what they should or should not talk yeah, about. That's what I said or, in the or, beginning. Or, 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 or what I they cannot heal. Artists heal. should not be seen as role models, but unfortunately, we live in a world where people, where, where some people look up to them. I mean, I don't look up to any artist. I might think, yeah, you know, this person is real cool or this person is doing it for themselves, but I'm not looking up to you. I'm not trying to follow. I'm not trying to follow your life. But you know, that's me. I'm not gonna. I'm not like everyone. Or everyone is not like me, you know. So there are people. The reality is there are people who look up to these people, whether we like it or not. Yeah, but I feel nice should make the music he wants to make. You know, let your parents should be your own model. Let your parents go parent you. Let nice singing music if he wants to. I don't know what nice is singing. Nice used to be so fine. cool back in the days. Like what happens when he was singing Gongo Asha and the rest. I mean, his new music now, I don't even get it. Thank you, Living Things is a jam. If I hear it in the club, I'll move to it. I still don't think it's as good as when he first came out, but shit, whatever happens. Everyone just keeps shouting corruption, corruption, corruption in Nigeria. Like, we're the only people who are corrupt. London is corrupt. I recently watched a TEDx, um, a TEDx snippet about how London is at the center of corruption. I remember even at work, someone was talking about how HSBC, I think, had, or was it Barclays? HSBC, yeah, they had to, in fact, I'm sure the two banks, they had to pay fines because, you know, they were collecting money from corrupt leaders. And, you know, there's this whole anti-corruption law thing. And because they didn't care, they just wanted to grow their economy. Not they just wanted, they just want to grow their economy. So London is also as corrupt as Nigeria. Nats West is collecting money from 419ers in Nigeria to build their banks, to make sure, like, you know, they have the money they need to their business you have people buying up West London I mean for I'm sure Alakida has that very expensive flat in is it Marble Arch I, just, I remember like I saw the place and I thought wow someone can actually you know afford it now I'm not saying she is into 419 or whatever but I'm just trying to say like if you can afford a place in Marble Arch Bond Street do you know how much money you have to be raking in and I, there are reports isn't that isn't she the richest African woman yeah she's like I said I'm not saying, woman in the world yeah that's why I said I'm not saying she's 419 but the TEDx was just trying to say how there are so many Nigerians buying up these places and they're buying it under shell companies so no one can actually trace it but because they were investigating they were able to trace it back to who owned it and it always ended up on your nigerian's table and you know what you cannot create a shell company in another country without the help of people in those countries of course the government is just saying it as our economy has to grow the more houses we sell the better for us so i hate it when people keep acting like i think the only problem is nigerians just don't care we, we, we can't be bothered to cover up our corruption like we're very we're, we're very arrogant with it you know but in other countries, it's all paperwork and it's, it's, it's nicely done. It's nicely cleaned up. So no one actually notices until someone starts investigating. But the problem is that why do you need to cover up when there's no punitive measures, right? So you can't be afraid. You, you don't, you're not afraid to be caught if you know when you're caught, nothing happens. See a lot of people that go to jail and they come back to parades, 
right? What was this? The Hebrew and uh, the Hebrew, Hebrew. It's not. And the other, and the other, and the yeah. other, and the other guy, Buddy Thomas. They came back of prison with the parade. Buddy George. Buddy George, sorry, and they come, they came back out of prison with the parade, right? So, when, but but as you said, you're right. Like corruption is not distinctively Nigerian, right? I think as long as you're dealing with human beings and every human being has their basic desires, we are motivated by greed, lust, envy, strife. This is the basic human nature. So as long as we're all humans, doesn't matter the color of your skin, you are subject to corruption. Now, the problem is that in Africa or Nigeria, corruption is unchecked. At least over there, there are some certain checks and balances and you have to be smart enough to circumvent the system a little bit and you know at least is that push and pull rather than corruption just run amok right? yeah i mean i guess yeah fine you, you you get caught in a bribery case you have to pay a fine or whatnot but it's just ironic i mean david cameron was at downing street the other time saying nigerians are fantastically corrupt meanwhile his his country is spearheading and is at the center of corruption in this country look at this shell buhaha now Shell knew what they were doing. They're not going to stand there. I don't care what anyone at Shell says. Their leaders knew what they were doing with this Malibu case. Abi, how do you pronounce it? Malibu, whatever they want to call it. They knew what they were doing. They knew that they were going to impact the lives of Nigerians, but they didn't care. And the thing is, at the end of the day, Nigerians suffer for it. The little people suffer for it. I suffer for it. That person who is asking you for money for a favor is suffering for it just because no one cares that's just the problem yeah sure nigeria has no um punitive measures right but why are other countries also helping us to be corrupt someone's like uh, if you want to kill yourself go ahead and kill yourself right yeah they, don't care. they shouldn't stand out there making it seem like we're bad people when they're the ones aiding and abetting i mean it's like I, I feel like other countries have just been manipulating african countries from as long as the nineteenth or the eighteenth century, we just we just haven't gotten up and told them to you know fuck off, if that's the word. They've been manipulating our leaders. They're giving them things in return, giving them amnesty, giving them immunity, just because they know what they want. It's the same thing with the blood diamonds, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, is that country even rich with all the diamonds that they find? Yes, I mean these people are poor and they are suffering and people from America, people from England, people from Italy, they come, they get the diamonds, they leave those people just as poverty stricken as they met them. Yeah, so so now we've talked about, yeah, those guys play a role and but we have to counterbalance that with also is us. They have a role and they have a hand in it. But also, you know, we have to look ourselves in the faces too and, you know, you know, it's almost like that kind of stuff. People say, I can say something bad about my wife, but you don't say something bad about my wife, right, to me. No, so, if so you're saying something bad about your wife, then everybody else should be able to say something bad about your wife. Well, the, the, Because you're, you've allowed them, you've given them the enabling environment. I don't know that, I once heard a story about a woman who always used to insult her husband in public so maybe she used to call him potato head or something and she would call him potato head in front of everyone for everyone to hear so one day the neighbor was fighting with the man and the neighbor calls the man potato head 
the wife hears and she's like why are you calling my husband potato head and the husband is like what's the point if you can call me potato head in front of everyone then why can't everyone call me that because you've already disrespected me in front of everyone now now this is a pushing another time it's just like the n-word since that you since don't like that speech or that um that long-held um idiom is the n-word it's almost like i can say the n-word to another um to another black person and even the white person can be there and hear me say it, but he can't use the N-word to me. So it's, as I said, it's the extreme of that energy, but it's the same. Anyway, the whole point is this. When, when the whole point is with the idiom, when you say that, I can talk about my wife, but you don't say anything about my wife. is saying that, okay, I don't want you from out there shouting corruption and everything when I know you guys have a hand in it. But it doesn't mean that us here, we can now discuss the issues that we have with each other and how the people in the country themselves are causing havoc it's like this the Saudi Arabia where they give um, how much how much tons of dates to the displaced people for as a Ramadan gift and what happens these dates are being found sold in the Bauchi market and all Nigerians is offer an apology to Saudi Arabia so so but what sense does that make but who what, do you want to punish them Saudi Arabia is going to arrest the person no that's my, my that's my point I'm saying it's us that did that to us a country gave us a gift dates for the displaced people uh, about 8.3 million people displaced in Niger in northern nigeria they give them a date dates um, i can't remember any tons of dates as um gifts for these people and instead of it getting to those people displaced people for their ramadan fast and everything these dates end up in the marketplace obviously this is not any whites or any colonial masters this is nigerians well, I jacked those gifts meant for the displaced people and this stuff is being sold in the market. I think we overestimate white people just by the way. You'd be very surprised which if you'd be very surprised to hear that there were white people in in the country involved with diverting the dates to the market. Okay, that can be conspiracy theory, whatever. No, but it's not conspiracy theories. I've read these things about how white people are sometimes involved even in the country that they stay in. Like I said, I didn't say all of them, I said some of them. So, like I said, we overestimate how how amazing or how um, how much integrity they have. It's yeah, but I don't think this is a question of white people. Saudi Arabia gave us dates for the something important to the country. These things find its way to the marketplace where, you have, where it's being sold to market women instead of going sold to, um, being sold for a profit in the marketplace where it meant for displaced people. So I don't think this this is this is on us. This is on us Nigerians. This is on the government, the leaders, whoever was in charge of this. I know we offer us an apology. What about the lorries where they say the, the food meant for the displaced people? As in us in Lagos here we sit here, but it's actually a war going on up north where you have about eight point three million Nigerians who are actually displaced and there's food for them and half of it goes missing. Right? Half of it goes missing. And this part starving there, half of the, and nobody knows where it goes missing. The government says, "Oh, the next round is going to be armed by soldiers," and this is not just a one-time thing. Half of it has been routinely going missing, and it's safe to assume that this thing has been going the routes of the dates. Probably the same food is being sold on the open market, and somebody's profiting off that. So you know, as I said, it's good for us to point out the hypocrisy of some of all these um, colonial leaders and all that stuff in it. But we have to look at ourselves in the face. No yeah, but I'm saying that a lot of times when we want to trace the corruption or the the initial place, it started from colonial times. Like I was reading the article, um, there was an article on The Economist 
where it says um does anybody really know how many nigerians that we how many nigerians um exist, exist how many nigerians exist in the country in the country i think the last census we did was 2006 and even the numbers were disputed then so any all the projections that we do are based on those 2006 numbers to see how many nigerians we have now and what people a lot of people don't realize the actual population of Nigerians factors a lot in the resources, how much money is allocated to local government, states and stuff. So political leaders have a very... Um, they have a lot of... Yeah, they, so, so they care about what those numbers say and inflating those numbers have, you know, is, 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 is of um, consequence. So, so something as much as... Is of consequence? of consequence yeah is of consequence because um, a state wants more money so it wants to say we have x amount of people and that state is going to say we're well, not that little there are more of us uh, there are more of us than this so you can get more allocation and even when it comes to even elections and stuff and you know registering people how many votes can come from there so i'm, I'm just trying to say that something as little as how many people there are in the country is uh is a uh, it's not something that is important, but it's also a basis for corruption. So there's so many things that are just in the fabric of Nigeria where some some of it is just lost looking in 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 our faces and what we what are we doing with each other? Even when it comes to even religion, you know, it's it's uh, it's like everything is all in the fabric. Like people go to church, and the church is like a competition. Everybody's in their Sunday best. If you're not properly dressed, you can't go to church because you're feeling abused. Now you park your car next to the Range Rover, and like, oh my God, when is my breakthrough going to come? So it's never about, you know, I remember back in the day, you know, I guess the whole preaching then was all about getting to heaven and, you know, um, you know, burning the hell, hellfire. But now it's almost about why am I getting my breakthrough? Why yeah, I yeah, see corruption in church as something different. All this, uh, when am I getting my breakthrough because you're parked beside the Range Rover. If you cannot go to church and remember all the things that you went to church for, that's different. For me, corruption in churches or in religious establishments are someone is paying you tight. You know that this person is a corrupt leader. But as a church, you still continue to collect this tight. You don't call the person and... I mean, you're meant to stand in the gap, right? You're meant to be the moral high ground of the people. But because your church needs this money, you continue to go where do you draw the line between collecting corrupt money and doing what is morally right for example my church um this nmpc guy that goes that they found how much is it in his house in kaduna he actually had a safe he was a member of my church i'm not ashamed to say that my church might have actually gained from this guy because this guy was so, paying so, tight so not in ashamed my church i said mean? i'm not ashamed to mention that he went to my church okay. like you know people would be like ah, yeah i don't know he did not used to come to my church I, I did not see him in my church but i knew he was a member of my church he moved to when he okay so he was in my church him and his wife he was also a part of my mother's ministry care ministry he also used to give them money i remember she he would give them checks i wasn't in the country at the time but i used to hear about him how he was very generous and all that was he stealing money then i don't know anyway so when he became the gmd at nmpc he moved to abuja but he didn't change churches he changed to our church branch in abuja we shall under one church now the next thing we heard that they found billions 
in his house in Kaduna, which was clearly hidden because why didn't they find it in his house in Abuja? Now, the church started behaving, you know, we have to find out what's going on. And of course, as a church, I like I would like to imagine that our leadership also felt some kind of way because they started wondering the tax that he has been paying us was this stolen money. So our leadership started trying to reach him. I don't know if they've been able to talk to the guy. But okay. But, but my point is when he was paying that debt, we don't know if he was stealing money, Abi. Right, but 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 question me now, did your church leadership feel like he was stealing money then and you turned a blind eye? Because based on based on way you describe the story now, I I don't I don't see them being at fault for anything. That's what I'm saying. That do we know whether he was stealing money? No. No, I'm trying to paint like two pictures here, right? So we didn't know. But what about a church now? I'm saying even when we found out, we now all felt so bad. Do you get what I'm saying? Because everyone is thinking. Even my pastor had to come up and talk about it. Because mm. I remember the church members were thinking, so are we not going to talk about this? Um, right, the elephant in the room. You know, that kind of thing. Because immediately it happened, we would come to church Sunday after Sunday and the congregation was talking about it, but nobody had brought it up. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if everyone in church could feel that, I'm not calling my church the most moral church right. do you want to send them out to the church how mu- no <laughs> no please how much more a church that actually knows that the money that are collecting for tithes and nothing is stolen the church that body judge goes to do they not know mm. hebrews church Abi, what is his name they don't know but they are collecting the money right right so where do you draw the line do we blame the pastors who need the money for their churches to be developed? Do we blame... The Bible said bring 10% of your earnings. Of course, the corrupt guy is bringing his own 10%. How he earns the money, he just he just sees it as I earned this money, whether he stole it or not. And he's giving it to church. You even have some churches that are built by corrupt leaders. I, I can't speak for mosques because obviously you know right. I don't know anything about right. about it. I can't, I'm a Christian, so I can only speak for churches. There are churches that have been built. You will go to the village, you will see a big, nice church, and they tell you it was built by body judge, and the pastor too can stand on this on on the altar hmm. and tell you that eh, let's pray for body our brother body judge who is in prison that Lord will release him. Is that I'm just giving you an example. All right. As if there's no legitimate reason why he's in prison. But as a pastor, shouldn't you, you know, how do I now relate to you as the man of God? Right, but when I, I can see you. But, but this, but this, but that's so look So this goes back to my point now. It, the, like the, the person that goes to the church, right, and gives the tithes and is doing corrupt stuff, you always feel comfortable sitting in that pew based on the messages being spoken, right? So if the uh, for, no, why are we talking like as if people people don't have conscience? So even if they are preaching about stealing on top of his head, no, he will still be looking. No, 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 no. Even if, you, but that, but it be it to be um, it it to it it to be it to be something that still makes uncomfortable being there because at least you you if you are the one you have go to a church where the they don't really talk so much about all that stealing everything is comfortable and they're not just you go to the other one you said one where every sunday is, is your the the pastor is um really firing all this stuff and it feels like the message is talking to you or, 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 or staring you directly in the face going to church. what church is it going i don't to? care 
you see, it's the same thing like when they do altar call. Haven't you heard stories of men who have been attending the same church for 10 years, sitting down in front where the pastor can um, see them? But then, pastor realizes that one day he made altar call, and this man that has been coming to his church for 10 years suddenly stands up and says he wants to give his life to Christ. Yes. Sometimes, just because they are preaching about heaven every day, does not mean that his entry... Wait, was it not you that said the other time that you saw somewhere that someone said his girlfriend after having sex went to go and join Hallelujah Challenge? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but you see, it doesn't matter what the doesn't matter how many people are being, but that's at least that's what is being preached. So when you're talking at it now being um, affecting the youth at large, now we're talking about how nice uh, influencing the people. I'm saying the same thing now. Even if there's that one person that listens and doesn't affect him and he's still in the church. But at least the rest of the people in church, the rest of the people that is ministering to, they are not going to feel like, okay, this is justified. I want to be like that guy. When the message in church is condemning that guy, right? So the guy in church is not going to think, just let me hammer, let me do whatever I'm doing. Let me do so I can also be paying that big tithe, no matter how I do it. Let me give it. They might not actually be thinking about paying that big tithe. It might be, you know, his wife is at home, there's no food to eat. The children cannot go to school. But if it was, you know, that kind of thing. I know sometimes it's not about hammering and driving a Range Rover. Sometimes it's about the basic things that they can't provide for their families. Okay, so it's the same thing. It's still the person that will still think, should I go rob a bank to provide those immediate needs or do I hustle in a legitimate way? And, Depends on And die hustling. Get rich or die trying, right? That's to become our value system. But God, what's... It's become like what you value. If if in society they will place you in a high place, knowing that this guy is struggling and everything, versus this other person that is not. That's, that's the whole problem, right? Is that the guy that is struggling and just trying to do everything right to make it rich, and the other guy that's just doing yahoo yahoo or whatever it is, and he hates it. The kind of disdain they have for the poor person and the kind of respect they have for the for the yahoo yahoo person. That's the problem. So the poor person that is struggling, like. It's kind of me i'm doing everything right i'm saying i'm holy man here and this one that is doing everything the kind of respect they give this guy why the hell am i even doing other stuff you go and meet that brush show me the show me the way let me, let, let me tell you an example like in my church now right what i was giving it goes to elevation just by the way continue yeah so 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 like in my church now so the pastor was giving an example of like uh somebody came to meet him and said they should pray that um i think it was when buhari came in right and he's like, oh, that now there's going to be a new budget and this person has just entered inside. And now that if you pray together that what he wants now is for them to pray so you can get all those contracts that they've abandoned already and they're going to reallocate money for them so that essentially they're going to just going to get the money and they're not going to do anything that they should come and pray together. So the pastor was like, you want two of us to pray about this? That what kind of church do you think this is for you to come and have the... the um, the goal to say come let's pray so that your your um yahoo um business or whatever will will work and that kind of stuff and he sent him away and said don't ever drink it here and he's, and he's preaching that in the pews right so anybody listening to that message you know okay that's not what the church stands for if i if i know you're doing this we don't your money is not wanted here 
So it changed the orientation. If it's even just one person, if that person says, ah, it means just means maybe not be pastor, go meet, I go meet the other person. Exactly, right. But it doesn't matter. But but the church has to stand for something. You have to stand Look, for I something. I feel like there is a lot, even like when it comes to churches, it's like how um, sometimes my dad sends me a video about how churches now they just tell you about miracles. They don't emphasize enough on working hard. You know, going out there doing something. As long as you pray, 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 God will just drop that money there in front of you. I, I think that's another issue that we have to address. Nigeria has become such a religious country. There's a difference between religion and spirituality. And Nigeria has become very religious. What's the difference between religion, religion and spirituality? Religion is like, I get up, I know I have to pray in the morning. You're just doing things because that's what... They said you should do. That's what the Bible said you should do. That's what the Quran said you should do. Do you understand what you're doing? Do you have a relationship with God? Or are you just going through the works? You know, every Sunday at 8 a.m., I have to get to church. You sit through church. That's religion now. I wake up in the morning at 6 a.m., I pray, finish. Uh, they said that we should fast for 30 days. Why are you fasting? Do you understand why you're fasting? Because the truth of the matter is, even if they declare a fast, not everyone has to fast. If you don't feel in your spirit that you should fast, then it's like this hallelujah challenge that we spoke about last week. Not everybody joined it. Does that mean they are evil? No. So there's a difference between religion and actually having a relationship with whoever it is that you worship. And Nigeria is a very religious society. That's why Nigerians can be like, do not steal, do not do this. But behind closed doors, they're doing exactly what it is that they are preaching about. That's because they're just following, they're just being religious. It's like how they say, I wash my clothes religiously. So they just pray. They just do. That's the problem in Nigeria. So we go to church, we're praying. Nigeria will be better. This, this, this. People are calling fast. People, what are we doing to make Nigeria better? See, religions, religion, church, mosque, what do they sell? Number one thing a church, mosque, most religions, what they sell is hope. Where is hope most needed? Hope is most needed in dire situation. What's a dire situation? What most Nigerians are in? That's why Nigeria is religious. That's why churches are everywhere. That's why monks are everywhere. I That's why people are going from pillar to post. I, my my point is, I'm not saying people are not hopeful. Of course, they're going to be hopeful. I'm saying why people are religious. Why religion thrives? Why there's church in every corner? It's because of hope. Because they're selling hope. Because people need hope. Hope is what is being sold. And why is hope being sold? Why is hope needed? Because of the situation people are in, they need a, they need a reason, they need something to let them feel like tomorrow will be better. What else is better placed to give people that hope, that um, that uh, belief that okay tomorrow can be better? Religion. And that's why it's everywhere. Shasha, at the end of the day, corruption is everywhere. If you have to bribe a policeman to get out of trouble, if I have to pay a bit extra to get my driver's license, everybody shall involved in corruption in one way or the other in this country. Now, whether it's by choice or just because we have to, is you know something that can be argued. But I feel like corruption is ingrained into everyone. Even the mother who wants to get her child into a school that she, she, she really likes, but the proprietress is asking for something in return. It's still corruption. So Nigeria just has a long way to go. That, that's just it. Whether it's in the church, in the mosque, in the government, everywhere.
Yeah, so what's been going on in London lately? And then you've been like saying that like the whole place is in chaos, like what's going on out there? I feel like this hurts me because I spent a lot of time in London. London is like my second home, London is like my backyard. And then one minute they're having a bomb blast doing a concert with Ariana Grande, another minute it all is burning another day someone is driving into people coming out from mosque and then the other i heard just on thursday or was it friday that there was a riot a bunch of kids finished school and then it just they were celebrating the end of the school term and the end of exams and then next thing it turned into a riot and because it was it's a jewish community you know the jewish people kind of just weren't having it by the way this was in hackney so for those of you who know anything about London, then you know how Hackney is. So it, it's just kind of, I feel like London is going through a very difficult time. And of course, everything is becoming political. I mean, there was already turmoil between the Labour Party and the Conservatives. But I just wish that they would put their political differences aside and kind of just tackle what's going on. Because it's, it's, it's a community of different people. There are people from different countries who live there. So in one way or the other, everyone is kind of affected. And Theresa May, I really, I really don't know if you're... This sounds very bad, but ever since she got in, it just feels like it's just been one, tro- one problem after the other. So, six up, make London safe again. That's it, really. Yeah, so, I don't know anything about London, but uh, as you said, uh, peace to London, right? Yeah, and RIP to everyone who's lost their lives over the past few weeks. Yeah. Whether it was at the bomb blast, whether it was during the fire, the Muslims who were coming out to pray, wherever it was, you know, just yeah. sorry. I'm sorry to the families that were affected too. Yeah. Things will get better. Speaking of deaths, Prodigy died, and that, that was kind of sad. Yeah, so Prodigy is a member of the um, group Mob Deep, right? So, but, um, personally, I guess I'll say I was influenced by New York rap, and obviously they were big in the New York scene. I remember when I got to the US, the first thing I did was to go buy Timberland boots, right? Even though I was in California, right? Which is a whole different culture, but because I'm so influenced by, you know, the Jay Z's, the Mob Deep. Prodigy. I think it was because of that. I had Timberland boots. In pink. <laughs> yeah, but I said so once once I go to the US, the first thing I was like, Okay, I have to get my Tims, you know, my G's, my jersey, right? Just because of that's what I've seen watching all them mob deep videos. While everybody in California was like, huh? Yeah, but yeah, it was but like skater boys and stuff like even if so that's like not place you no know, US is like a whole big place. What's happening on the west coast is different from what's happening in the east coast, what's happening down south. But that's just like kind of a way like I guess say I was influenced by um by um I just by, really by, like, by his music i just really like their music um my music taste can be very strange but i really like mob deep i thought prodigy was kind of cute too you know but i think the first time i actually started focusing on mob deep was when tupac called them out you know and then i think about it that was very that was very below the belt of tupac you know in hit him up when he went don't one of you have sickle cell or something better back the fuck up before you have a heart attack you know that kind of thing and I remember thinking what is going on so I kind of researched and I found Mob Deep and I really like their music Shook Ones went hard and I really like um, 
I can't remember what it's called, but the one that goes, we step up in the club for one thing. That's the something. Yeah, that's I the just, one. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the ones. Yeah, the one I love is one with Lil Kim, right? Yeah, that was Quiet, really quiet, quiet storm. Yes. That's the that's the jam when it comes out. I mean, it's kind of funny because like Prodigy's great granddad and Prodigy's granddad and Prodigy's dad and mom, they were all apparently famous people. You know, they influenced the jazz era. His great granddad founded Morehouse College. I think the the Morehouse College is like an all men school, and the female ca- counterpart is Spellman. So it's kind of funny that he decided to go in another direction from his family. I mean, it's still music, but gangster music as opposed to. G- all the glitz of jazz and that era, but R.I.P. R.I.P. So, what we got for Jura? The Jura pick of the week. Jura, Jura. Good evening, Jura. I sent you an illustration of my husband's penis in the premature banana I bought today. So this woman sent a picture of a banana to Joro, just so you can put the email in perspective. I'm tired, I won't lie. I'm very tired. We met in church and my pastor introduced us. My pastor said God showed him visions that I should have sex with, I, sh- I think she meant shouldn't instead of should, but I shouldn't have sex with my man or do any sexual en- encounter until our marriage night. I have been married since January and this dick is hell for me, Jero. I'm depressed. I feel like dying. I want to cheat and offend God, but I'm unhappy. On our wedding night, when he proceeded into me, I'm asking, is that all? Is that everything? Are you in me? I trust my pastor, so I don't want to think of hanky-panky stuff. My husband is such a man of faith that he will never succumb to penis stretcher pills. I'm in bondage. When fully erected, this is him. And then she sends a picture of a banana. I can't believe that she would go as far, you know, as sending a picture. I don't know. I just find the whole thing hilarious. Because I don't know. Her issue just seems to be like, okay, if I had screwed the guy before marriage, then I'd have known that, you know, he wasn't big enough. And then maybe I'd have dumped him. And now she's married and she doesn't think that, you know, he's packing. So she's trying to figure out what to do. What would you do if that was you? I don't know about what's over me, but I'm not understanding this whole thing. First of all, big up to the pastor. Although I'll be talking about religious leaders and everything, at least I guess we had the pastor that um, preached against fornication, right? And he held her to the standard. Now, how big is a banana? She sent me a picture of a premature banana. What is a premature banana? Like a small banana, a banana that is not ready to be cultivated. Oh, okay, so that's like that's why she's telling you a premature banana. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know the premature banana. So this, so this is what I'm talking about. What two inches, one inch? What's the problem here? Yeah, she thinks it's too small. Yeah, what yeah, but what? Because, like, for it to be a problem, we have to know what the size is. Yeah, like so, a premature banana could be let's say one inch. Let's put it one inch. One inch. Okay, so I guess the hole is not the um, it's not the um, it's not the size of the wave, but the motion doesn't apply for her. As bad in bed, you know, she's not. She didn't tell us the full story. Her, her main concern seems to be the size, not the technique. Mm-hmm. She wants to. I mean, she goes. I have to ask him. Is are you fully in yet? She didn't ask. I think she. I think she did in her head. He, yeah. Okay. Fine. She said it in her head. But you know, if she's doing that, it means that she can't feel anything. Yeah, so the, maybe she doesn't even get the chance to. Yeah. By the way, those. Technique. Yeah. By the way, the, the those pills don't work. So. 
How um, do you know? Have you tried this? It's quite clear. Those those pills don't work. Everybody knows that. It's like it's fake. It's scam. Or those stretching pills or enlargement pills. I don't, don't know what they are, so you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm saying they don't work. Uh, I don't know what to tell this woman. Though. It's kind of uh, a strange one. Well, I, I just feel like you married someone, then he didn't turn out. So, like, should she cheat? No, she shouldn't cheat, obviously. I guess, I guess she's making a case for premarital sex. Yes, that's exactly what she's trying to do. And I don't understand, like, why she would... Is she trying to because she's on one hand she like she trusts her pastor, but I feel like now she resents her pastor. Because sex is a big part of any relationship, and if that's miserable, then it's not going to be sustainable. And this is not about just him not being good at it; it's about the. She's just not feeling the size. It's about the equipment, so it's uh yeah. I don't know. Good luck. Yeah, I guess you know she'll sort it out. I feel like they'll sort it out. She won't be the first person. She won't be the last. And people are you know kind of living with it. Not everyone is immediately to Joe to tell them that their boyfriend's penis is tiny or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. But she'll be fine. I feel like she'll be fine. Yeah, I have no clue whether she'll be fine, but, you know, good luck. Not good everybody luck. who is married is married to somebody who is, like, six inches or seven inches. No, my, so point, my point is that, that's why I'm asking what is a premature um, banana. Are we talking about micro penis here? It's then, you know? about one, two inches, you know, they're always, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, poor lady. You know, hopefully Gerald gives her the answer. Maybe those pills do work. It pops a little bit. It gets bigger, and she's happy. They're happy. So or thanks. Or being a bad person and cheating on her husband. Yeah, just get divorced. You know, you know that's the case. So. Can't get divorced. Why can't you get divorced? Because you're not having. Because your husband doesn't have a big dick. It's not about big. That's why I'm keeping on talking about the size. It's not about if if it's a micro penis and it's not working for her. It has to go. This so this is not just why I keep on asking what's the size then. So if the equipment is just not working, and you know, and she can't go, she's not going to be unhappy for the rest of her days and being a sexless marriage. But marriage is not just all about sex now. It's an important component. It of is, it. but is it enough for you to leave? If it's enough for her, if she's miserable, if she's having thoughts of cheating. She might as well leave now. We should be in bondage for the rest of us. Something get, get divorced and marry the one that fits you, rather than you cheating on the person, right? And committing adultery, right? That's what should be committing for the pastor now. The adultery. So it's better you end the marriage, or I don't know, find a way that is, it becomes a fulfilling sexual experience. Anyway, we gotta go. So thank you everybody for listening today. Uh, catch you next week Tuesday. If your girl a look good and she never boring, then you know that a really good vibe. And she cook your good food and she always caring, then you know that a really good vibe. If your man did a love you real good in a bed, then you know that a really good vibe. And if I give you full satisfaction, my girl, then you know.